This weekend at the box office, the summer box office train pulled into the station as audiences began to depart movie theaters for the foreseeable future. Idris Elba finds that, in fact, superheroes, or whatever the hell that movie's about, are still king of the jungle. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 208th episode of What's in the Box Office. everyone and welcome to the box office your and the money they make each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large i'm your host brian and i'm your host noah and boy oh boy did dragon ball super superhero sure ride a kamehameha wave to the top of the box office this week it sure did Thank you, thank you. Uh, do you understand that reference? Have you heard that phrase before? It's something that Goku screams. It's like his finishing maneuver. It's That's his signature I technique. I saw a video of someone standing in front of a crowded movie theater before showing and said, Dragon Ball fans, do it with me! And as the opening uh, studio logos were showing up, uh-huh. he did that and screamed it. And I thought... Boy, if I just wanted to see a movie and was not like into drugs, like oh, I'll see Dragon Ball, I would be so fucking pissed. Did they do it with him? A few. A lot of people were groaning when he started saying it. When he was like, Dragon Ball, people were just—you could hear people around just going like, "Uh, that's for the best." God. As a Dragon Ball fan, I, I would not do it with him. Yeah. I. So a top five. It's time for the top five. Yeah. It's that portion of the show. I last week. E.T. came out, not for the first time, but for the fifth or sixth, probably, yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, and so in honor of that, quite good. We both saw it. Mm-hmm. Went in IMAX. I saw it twice. Worth it. You did. Cried. Uh, just the once for me, but once is good. Uh, I've ranked my top five Steven Spielberg movies. Wow. Okay. I told you it's a big one. All right. I guess I'll pull up a list here. Take a look. See. I, re- I so badly wanted to get a semi-unconventional pick onto this list. Right. Your um, color purple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Amistad. Yeah, Tintin. I, I, I was going for good ones. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I haven't seen those. But that's the I issue. I have seen Tintin. That's the issue with, especially Spielberg, is that like his highs are the most popular movies that have ever been made. That's true. I and yeah, I just I couldn't quite do it. So this is a list full of five out of five movies, uh, and it was really five out you mean five stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was really just a matter of the order. There wasn't. This will be, be good telling of what movies you need to rewatch. Sure. Uh, there just there wasn't really a question for me of this five. Okay. Wow. I see. I just clicked one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, and it could have been eleven, just as a preliminary list. Okay. I think my preliminary list was like eight, maybe nine. Yeah. But I put together this five and looked at the rest of the movies and was very quickly like, "Are any of these better than Raiders of the Lost Ark?" No, they're not. So is that your number five? It is. That's my number five. I. Yeah, it's like sorry, catch me if you can. Great movie. Love that's, watching yeah, that, it. That's one of my pulled here. I couldn't make the list uh yeah raiders of the lost ark feels super weird to put it at five 
this is uh, another one that you and I have seen relatively recently in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, went for one of those old timey uh, re-releases earlier this year, late last year. Who's to say? Uh, just incredible. Kind of the pinnacle of adventure movies. Uh, Harrison Ford, like at his peak, mm-hmm. just doing Harrison Ford things. You know why that was made, right? Why Raiders was made? Yeah. Perhaps I do, but it was, it, enlighten me. It was obviously, you know, came from a love of Lucas and Spielberg's love of, like, the... Not Buck Rogers. Hell was it? Uh, anyway, like, B-serial characters okay. and like stuff. The Lone Ranger? From, from, no, from comic books and cartoons and stuff. But it was because Spielberg desperately wanted to, but couldn't get the directing gig, gig for a James Bond movie. Okay. So what he wanted to make was James Bond movie, and they were like, no. We do British directors, and he was like, "All right, I'll whatever make, you say." I'll make an American action hero. Then. Yeah, I. Uh, that's very cool, and mm-hmm. it worked. Uh, Harrison Ford is the perfect American James Bond uh, in every way. I uh, number four, Schindler's List. I. Uh, what is what is there to say about Schindler's List? Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, Spielberg's most. Uh, like dramatic and like personal movie yes. by uh, by some great measure, uh, incredibly uh, powerful and moving, and uh, strikingly directed and mm-hmm. well acted and just everything you can say about a movie. Yeah, I uh, the the Very only th- powerful the only thing it is missing from like the height of Spielberg's some powers comedy. not comedy but like. <laughs> <laughs> the blockbuster adventure that well, would not have been more funny. <laughs> I'm not saying I want that in Schindler's List. The parts of it that are funny. I. That's probably true. I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying that Spielberg at his absolute directorial peak mm-hmm. is both great movie looking for and like bombastic, rousing, rousing fun movie. Yeah. I. And Schindler's List, by definition, no. just like cannot have that part. Right. I, but the movie bit outstanding. I number three, Jurassic Park. Okay. I which we kind of recently saw in theaters. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, remember that movie? A huge hit. Have you heard? Terrible. One of the worst movies of the year. Truly, uh, truly a devastatingly bad movie. What they've done to the Jurassic Park IP has just been—it's gone from bad to worse, my friends. Uh, but the original Jurassic Park is just kind kind of, I think, uh, in, a, in a way, the inverse of Schindler's List and that where Schindler's List is like a 10 out of 10 in the drama. Jurassic Park is a 10 out of 10 in the bombastic adventure. Made the same. Uh, and it's also just a great movie around that. But like, holy shit, is Jurassic Park fun. Can you imagine having that kind of year? I, I cannot. That's... You know, we 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 talked we talked a lot uh, about Jim Carrey's run in, in like '94 with those. Was it '94? The, yeah, the three the, movie, the, uh, the three movie year, yeah, the debut. Ace Mask and Dark. Yeah, I. Uh, to do Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in the same year, biggest movie of all time, and then you finally get your Oscar. How? For your, yeah, your magnum opus. How could how how is that even possible? I do not know. You know that he was so. Um, he got so like you know, kind of, it's just kind of down or not down. It wasn't depressed, but it was just like very, it was very heavy and sad making Schindler's list. It really weighed on him Okay, that he would call 
Robin Williams, who would do bits for him over the phone to cheer him up. I did know that. Isn't that cool? Uh, his own little personal movie phone. Isn't that uh, cool? Yeah, that is. That's good. Uh, couldn't have cast him in the movie. They were in Hook together. Mm, yes. I <laughs> made right before those movies. Sure. <laughs> Guess that's how he had his number. I uh, number two. Mm. A dramatic rise up the Spielberg rankings for E.T., wow. the extraterrestrial. Uh, a movie that I watched a million times as a young boy. Yeah. Uh, and had a very striking memory of all of, like, sort of the passing moments of E.T., but hadn't seen it long enough that I couldn't quite, like, string them together into a complete movie in my mind. I just incredibly good. I... The score for E.T. is is kind of unparalleled uh, and is much more important to the movie than I remember it being. I, it's a, a slight, a slightly weirder movie than you might think. Sure. Like it's it's like very personal. Eighty five to ninety percent like a straightforward children's yeah. story then, told like perfectly. Maybe his most personal movie. Yeah. But also just like. It's a, a little off kilter in a way that I could I could just feel with Spielberg behind the camera being like I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna crush every decision like every, every time I make a decision I'm gonna make a slightly weird one and it's gonna go perfectly every time I cannot be stopped mm-hmm. I am LeBron James playing the Toronto Raptors just I'll do whatever I want <laughs> I'm gonna take post up turnaround three pointers and they're gonna go in and everyone's gonna boo but I'm the best. Uh, yeah, E.T. Uh, it really, really kind of snuck up on me. Everyone says it's great, and they're right. Number one, of course, mm. is Jaws, yeah. the only one left. Uh, just I out, outrageously outrageous how much I like this movie. I I don't think I quite realized that it was like definitively my favorite Spielberg movie until I watched it most recently. Late last year, mm. I think, I, uh, and is just is just perfect. I, I completely love watching Jaws. Come the, two weeks or something till it's in, in IMAX. Yeah, I am I am over the moon with excitement for that. I uh, the the score again, the whole business with the shark. There's just quotable line after quotable line. Mm-hmm. Uh, show me the way to go home has truly just been stuck in my head on a loop for 25 years. And there was, there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, love jaws, love all of them. They're all great. All the jaws movies. Yes. Love all the jaws movies, especially all the parts I haven't seen. <laughs> I, uh, have you been able to yeah. assemble something? All right. Well, s- I've a special shout outs to seeing Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan was a close six. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Munich is one of his more recent Indeed. great movies. Uh, number six is, I mean, I'm really trying to fit it in here, but I just can't. It, it is West Side Story. Yeah. I think it's pretty perfect, and it's kind of, uh, it could be his last great masterpiece. Although I'm looking what forward. What about the Fablemans? I'm looking forward to the Fablemans. Very personal film. Uh, all right, number five, Jurassic Park. Uh, number four, Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Number three, Jaws. Then you got E.T. at number two. And I think his best movie, the only one of his in my top ten, is uh, Schindler's List. Yeah. That's... You really can't get past that five. The more interesting thing, and perhaps mm-hmm. I'll take a stab at this next week, who knows, is the six through ten. Munich. That's, that's uh, tough, yeah, but Saving Private Ryan, Close Encounters. Let me just see if I can. All right. Close Encounters. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Munich, West Side Story. So I got four. Maybe a Catch Me If You Can. I mean, Catch Me If You Can is great. I got to watch Lincoln again, man. Sure. People are really high on Lincoln. Tommy Lee Jones. He's in it, yeah. A lot of people are in that movie. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think. I think Adam Driver's in it. Uh, what's f- I, yeah, we'll do Catch Me If You Can right now until I can come up with a better answer. But. Yeah. I, the other... I mean, I've seen lots of people say that Last Crusade is better than Raiders. That's crazy. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino says Crystal Skull is better than Last Crusade. Well, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino is like a weird person who doesn't like. It gave, I don't, gave I, me I don't a understand. little step in my step. I was like, yeah. Like some, Crystal Skull apologist. Sometimes go. you get Quentin out there being like, you know that Unstoppable is a masterpiece, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of get it. I, even though like I, I wouldn't go that far, but like I see what he's doing there. But then other times you get him out there and he's like, I can't think of an example, but he'll say things like my favorite movie of the year was night and day. Right. Which like actually might have been a thing he said. I'm like 50, 50, 50 on that. And it's just like, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about, Quentin? <laughs> like, like, I don't think you can justify that take. I uh, anyway, I haven't seen Last Crusade in a very long time, but I mean, that's I watched a, that's all a take. Them. I watched all of them over quarantine, and I don't agree. It's okay. good, but I don't even know if it's better than Temple of Doom. I like Temple of Doom. I think it's weird and fun. Okay. It's them being like, we made one of the great adventure movies. Let's go crazy. That is, uh, Let's have it be in the past <laughs> for no reason. That is a surprising take of its own, I think. It's a prequel. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Well, you got to get other people in there and... Not who aren't in the first one at all, and have no no one makes mention of them in the first one. Well, they die between them. Well, all right, sure. Uh, let's get into our actual top five, shall we? Yeah, please. I, I have a lot of here. I got to go through. Sure. So, Dragon Ball Super Superhero came in at number one. I can't. I don't want to make a big deal of it, but like Super Super. Yeah. Come now. I just what I. $21.1 million in its opening weekend. Uh, Beast opened at number two with $11.5 million. Isn't superhero one word, generally? Uh, traditionally, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Bullet Train came in at number three with $8 million. That was a 40.1% drop. That is up to $69 million altogether. Top Gun Maverick came in at number four with $5.9 million, a 16.1% drop. That's up to $683.4 million. And DC League of Super Pets, maybe a worse title than Super Super, uh, came in at number five with $5.6 million, an 18.8% drop. League of Super Pets. I agree. Fine. That's up to uh, $67.3 million. All right, our feature presentation, The Drought. Um, this coming on the heels of uh, Regal uh, Theater Group declaring uh, bankruptcy protection. Did that happen? Yeah. I missed that. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. This won't help. So 
Uh, between now and the next Surefire hit, Halloween Ends, which ironically was just announced today that it is premiering on Peacock, day and date, just like Halloween Kills did. Uh-oh. On October 14th. Yeah, it could be shitty. Uh, was <laughs> we have seven weekends. Understandably, there are some concern about audience interest in theaters waning in that time or theaters surviving. Regal. Now, I mean, it's bankruptcy protection. It's to protect them from going under, but still. Um, I should have done that at the beginning. But we've been through this before, and honestly, there are several films that, while smaller than your average high-profile film, could certainly break out. Here are a few to keep your eye on, and a guide for the average consumer who doesn't follow this stuff as closely as I do. You may not know these exist or, or are even coming out soon, um, but that's what this is for, to give you a guide to kind of all the different movies that are coming out. I also want to mention that this is a... Not due to a lack of product, just a lot of post-production issues. Um, and I also want to mention that had Disney had the balls to back the theaters, which they don't because they're cowards, um, Prey could have been a thing in, sure. in, in two weeks. If that came out over Labor Day weekend, that could be a thing. Um you know, there there are certain uh, the print the, the 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 princess could have made some money. I mean, there's just there's not. I don't know about that one. It could have made it. It could have made uh, you know, whatever like a total of like thirty million dollars, which is not nothing. I just point being, there's product out there, and I understand that so many post production houses are behind, which is why so many big movies are being delayed right now. But that doesn't mean there are a lack of other options that uh, companies who are just putting them out on streaming could certainly do. Take uh, Orphan uh, uh, First Kill, for instance. That premiered on uh, Paramount Plus and in like 300 theaters. Look at that per theater average. $3.4,000. That's a good per theater average, and it just shows that maybe Paramount should have just released this movie. Anyway, um... I've heard countless times in life when talking to the average Joe that there's nothing out. There's nothing out right now. And I respond the same way every time. There's always something to see. First off, Top Gun Maverick, Nope, and E.T. are still in theaters. Have you seen them all? Okay, you probably saw Top Gun, but it's probably been a while. Next weekend, the uh, Idris Elbaverse continues with 3,000 Years of Longing, George Miller's follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road. It's a trippy, sexy fantasy about a scholar who encounters a djinn starring Elba and Tilda Swinton, plus an original studio horror flick called The Invasion about vampires, and limited release Breaking with John Boyega, which had good notices out of Sundance. Um, the first weekend in September brings the re-release of Jaws for the first time in IMAX and 3D. If you've never seen it on the big screen, this is the best way possible. Well, certainly in the IMAX version. Don't see it in 3D. Uh, they did that once. <laughs> it wasn't good. I I'd imagine... rather you watched it at home. <laughs> uh, I imagine it'll take the place of the recent E.T. release, um, which turned out to be longer than a week-long engagement, but I'd still hurry out to see it if you want to. Also, Labor Day weekend, the end of summer. It's a summer blockbuster, the first summer blockbuster. In fact. About Halloween, though. Um, what a way to officially end summer. Also, out will be Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, a satire starring Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown, uh, produced by Daniel Kaluuya, and executive produced by Jordan Peele. It had good notices out of Sundance. And finally, 
Sony is supposed to be re-releasing, which I think they are because they released a poster for it, Spider-Man No Way Home, which they're calling the, quote, more fun stuff version. Oh, God, I forgot about that. uh, Containing deleted scenes and probably more of the Spider-Men. God damn it. September 9th brings the horror film Barbarian from 20th Century Studios, starring Bill Sarsgaard of It fame. Uh... I don't know what I wrote there. Anyway, uh, the film is a good trailer, and we'll try to break out a little. Two people are double booked at an Airbnb, and things go wrong, essentially, is what that is about. But they're screening that early, so I'm hoping that means it's good. On September 16th, we've yet another horror film, and we're not done with those yet. As Pearl opens, the surprise prequel to the March release, X, hopes to match its predecessor's gross. Trailer is great, though. We saw it. I saw it in theaters for the first time with you, and then I saw it. Uh, when I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's a great yeah, trailer. It's cool. Um, the Woman King is also coming out. That has the most potential that weekend to break out, I think. It's based on the real African all-female warrior unit in the 18th century uh, called the uh, Agoye. Um, the film stars Viola Davis as an action hero, and it could be a hit. The poster is great. The trailers are decent. The film's directed by uh, Gina Prince... Blythewood, who scored with Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights, and also directed The Old Guard. Oh. Reviews will be key, but if Sony was smart, they'd position this as the big movie of September. Also opening that weekend wide is Clerks 2, and in limited release, the delightful-looking See How They Run, which is an old-fashioned murder mystery with a great cast. On September 23rd, Disney re-releases Avatar, which is a great idea to remind people of the magic they felt in 2009 and gives kids who were born in 2009 and are now 11 a chance to see it on the big screen before the long-awaited sequel in December. Also opening is the mysterious Don't Worry Darling, which certainly could be a thing due to that cast uh, if uh, they decide to open wide, although I'm worried they're going to do platform, and I think that's a mistake. September 30th is the big weekend to keep an eye on. First, bros. Toted as touted. I wrote the word. (laughs) Touted. (laughs) Touted as being the first major studio mainstream romantic comedy revolving around the queer community. It has the chance to be something special. It's the best chance we have for our first big breakout comedy hit. The pedigree is great as Billy Eichner is very funny. It's produced by Judd Apatow and co-written and directed by Nicholas Stoller, who helmed Forgetting Star Marshall and the Two Neighbors films. If it's good, Universal should get the word out early. Also opening the umpteenth and more interesting horror film of the fall, Smile. It's rare to be surprised by an original horror trailer, but there I was a month ago going, what the fuck is Smile? The premise looks fun, the visuals look great, and I can definitely see this breaking out. And finally, on September 7th, we have Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which, like, see it if you want. Uh, point is, there are plenty of fun options over the next two months. Please spread the wealth, take a chance, and try something new at the cinema. That's what it's there for. If something looks interesting or the premise sounds intriguing, you like the actor or the Cockroach reviews, just go. Then you can see Halloween ends in Black Adam. Fun, original, interesting, and hopefully good movies are out there. You just have to look for them. Also, what if you skipped Black Adam? Any of those sound intriguing, especially intriguing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm most excited for see how they run mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, a lot of those uh, a lot of those horror movies are exciting to me. Uh, barbarian, barbarian, smile. barbarian, like barbarian, really took me by surprise mm-hmm. with that trailer. 
Uh, I agree that the trailer for Smile uh, really caught us off guard the first time we saw it. I felt the same as you did. It's like watching uh, the Cloverfield thing. Just like it's not as visceral, but that kind of thing. It's like this looks like a big movie, and I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah, I. Uh, it has. Uh, I'd say it. It has uh, worn on me a little mm-hmm. as I've seen it a few times, and just started to think more and more that like this is just like a reskin of The Ring. Sure. I. Uh, but still, uh, a, an impressive trailer is hard to come by these days. I fresh, too. yeah. I mean, uh, the the Booksmart movie. Uh, Don't worry, Don't darling. darling. Don't worry, darling. Uh, I've been looking forward to for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm just I'm very open to a lot of those other things being uh, being good. There's yeah. a, there's enough of them to check out. Bros Maybe. isn't really up your alley. Oh yeah. I guess I wasn't really considered. No, like I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for bros. I don't know that I'm going to love it just cause right. it's, it is often not my favorite thing, but, uh, Gay subject matters. Yeah. Sometimes my favorite thing. I, when it's the chicks, <laughs> <laughs> if this movie was called bras, yeah. I'd be in, does anyone spit in Billy Eichner's mouth? <laughs> That's the question <laughs> that we have to ask. I, uh, but yeah, I'm still excited for it because I'm a I'm a big fan of Billy Eichner, and I'd I'd like comedies to exist, even if I'm not always you first like in Nick line Stoll's for them. Other movies. Yeah, I do. I Apatow, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. So yeah, there's plenty of plenty of stuff. There's plenty of stuff to see, and again, like it doesn't have to be from a brand or. Uh, a name that you've heard of before, you know, it, it, it could just be a movie that you aren't sure what it is and you go see or a movie that someone told you was good or the trailer was good, but there's just stuff out there. You just got to find it. So it's going to be a dry couple of months, but not for a lack of a, a variety of content. Just not a lot of big stuff. Yeah. All right, opening this weekend, as you said, Dragon Ball Super Superhero opened with 21, incredible amount. You know, we're getting, these. these are becoming... It's similar to like when we had that period of religious films coming out and then that sure. period of um, Spanish language films by Eugene Derbez. Is that his name? Eugene Derbez? Eugenio. Eugenio Derbez, yeah. Derbez right? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that where it's like, or even initially Tyler Perry movies. Sure. Where people were like, how is this making money? A movie with all black people. It's like, yeah, well, the black community likes them. That's why I mean, they don't get a lot of product. So they're going to see it. And same thing when... The religious movies were out, and same thing when uh, Eugenio's movies were out, and now we're getting this kind of more and more frequent where these big anime properties are, um, the studios who are releasing them are smart enough to do it wide, yeah. and they get a big turnout for it. So um, that's that. Beast open to 11.5. I mean, I think that's right on the line of, okay, Uh Opening, we'll see how it holds, but it was a really they they launched this thing. This is in uh, thirty seven hundred theaters, so I think the universe was hoping for uh, a bigger pull, but um, we'll see how it holds. If this can get to forty, that'd be great, but I, I don't see it happening. Uh, Idris is just not a name, unfortunately. Uh, and then, yeah, as you said, o- Orphan First Kill. I mean, that's a huge per theater average. Um, and just, just goes to show the power of that movie. And also just, I, it could also just mean that the people who, that is just the people who would see it. So sure. the people who would see it in 4,000 screens are those same people. So it would only make like 4, th- 4 million or something. But 
still, uh, that something was there, and it's weird that they released it in on Paramount Plus and also in 500 theaters. Like, what? What was the point of that? Yeah, do one or the other. Do one or the other. Um, also in our second weekends, we had a uh, fall, which is way down in 13th place to drop 47%. So what I want to bring this up was that it opened to, I'm going to check. It opened to two and a half million last week. It only, it's only in 1500 theaters. And what's interesting is that the film costs three million, and we actually know exactly how much. Um, what is it, Lionsgate? I think. Okay. Lionsgate paid for marketing. They paid four million dollars. So we know exactly that it needs to make seven million to break a profit. Now, I think it's going. It's going to get very close. It's not going to do that. But it is interesting that they didn't spend a lot of money on marketing. They targeted their audience, released it in a small amount of theaters, and it's pretty much paying off. Um, that just seems very uh, interesting. And I think it, it really is showing that Lionsgate is taking to heart what many of us have been saying for a while now, or I hope that's what it means, is that releasing a film in theaters first and then dropping it on streaming, like literally scientifically, there are statistics and stats about this, help the film an enormous amount with brand awareness when it finally gets on the streaming service as opposed to simply dropping it on a streaming platform. Yeah. You know, the the man from Toronto, which was the Kevin Hart, uh, Woody Harrelson movie, this was to come out in theaters in August, was sold from in June uh, or in May to from Sony. They sold it to Netflix and they just dropped it. And now in a few weeks we get another Kevin Hart movie made by Netflix with him and Mark Wahlberg called Me Time. Did you know this was coming out? No, no. Right. No, I did not. Right. And that's coming out in a few weeks. And The Man from Toronto came out in June. And so these movies are just coming and going, and they may get good numbers by Netflix's standards, but studies have shown that when a movie gets the marketing push in theaters, posters, trailers, TV spots, it helps it so significantly when it eventually drops on streaming platforms. Sure. Even if you didn't see it in the theaters, right. when it shows up on Netflix, you're like, oh, it's that movie. Right. As opposed to when you, when Me Time shows up on Netflix. Right. It's uh, why it's Focus Features released the outfit in theaters. Yeah. And now it's on Peacock. And when you go to it, you go, oh, yeah, I think this, oh, yeah, that's a movie I've heard of. Maybe I'll watch it. Um, it's very similar. So I, I think that's why they're doing it. And also, I just like that they were like, we'll release it in theaters, but... Only a certain amount of theaters. Uh, also, our spotlights. So we got Elvis this week, which crossed... Last week it crossed 140, uh, dropped another 23%, made $2 million. This week it is officially Baz Luhrmann's biggest domestic film. Um, uh, right, uh, It surpassed The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio. So that yeah. shows you how big this is. And it's also the second biggest musical biopic in history worldwide. Wow. Um, yeah, the disparity between one and two now is like 270 to $900 million, which was? I. Uh, What's the number one? The number one is Bohemian Rhapsody? Correct. Yeah. It's made about $900 million worldwide. Um but still, it's a huge, huge hit for Warner Brothers, which they desperately need. 
Um, and then Top Gun Maverick. So a few milestones have been crossed. As you can see, it's in its 13th weekend. Last weekend, it had jumped back up to two. Number two. Right. Um, they re-released it in some premium theaters. Maybe it will again next weekend. And uh, it's just, it dropped 16%. Uh, it has now surpassed domestically Avengers Infinity War, which is crazy. It is the sixth biggest film ever in North America worldwide. It passed Avengers Age of Ultron. It now sits at the 12th spot of biggest movies worldwide in history. Um, it's just chugging along, and if it can keep those drops, it will almost certainly get to over 700. And as I said two weeks ago, once it gets to 700, it only needs another $500,000 to pass Black Panther at the number five spot. I think it's definitely going to do it, and that's pretty nuts that Top Gun Maverick is going to pass... This is going to be the fifth biggest movie in history. I agree. Um, pretty crazy. Let me uh, let me run something by you real quick. A scenario in which I think is pretty unlikely. I think one aspect of this is a little too unlikely to happen, but not impossible. I uh, three thousand years of longing just makes what opens to three million dollars. I don't know how many like, theaters it's that, opening, and my guess would be platform. Yeah, and regardless, like that's I'm not expecting that to open to a lot of money. No, I. Beast could easily fall off. This is already a a, a fairly small opening. Are you wondering what what spot Top Gun might sit in? Yeah, I mean, like Bullet Train is going to fall below Top Gun next week. There's there's a world in which every Dragon Ball fan in the world went to see Dragon, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is going to fall hard. Yeah, I don't. I doubt it's going to drop like the eighty percent that it needs to. The invitation's not going to make money. Yeah, next like week. it's not out of the question that Top Gun is number one next weekend. I think it would take some hefty drops. It, it's not out of the question that Beast is not the number one movie. Yeah, that can happen too. That Beast makes seven, Dragon Ball makes like six, and then that's that's yeah. that's that's the business. Um, but no, it's not out of the realm of possibility, which is crazy. Uh, the last thing I have is that last week, 15 movies made over a million dollars. This week, 13 of them did. Just seven weekends ago, only six movies made over a million dollars. So that's nice. We're these, doing well. These little drops are nice. Looking out onto the horizon, Noah, I expect... Um, where is it? Uh, everything's pretty much done. Bullet Train's going to flirt with uh, 90 plus, definitely, which is interesting. Um, Thor is going to get over 340. Minions is going to get over close to 360. And Nope is going to get over 120, which I think, I think, I'd have to go back and listen. When we talked about that on its opening weekend, I said if it makes it to 120, I think that's good. <laughs> Yippity doo dah! It's I, definitely good. I maintain that, and also next weekend, uh, where the crud. We'll talk about it, but just unfathomable that next weekend, where the crud Ed sing is going to cross the one hundred million dollars mark worldwide. <laughs> Which a, is it's, it's, it's so great. It, it, first of all, it's great. It's an old fashioned movie aimed yeah. at women, but it's so funny. 
It's like the Jurassic World Dominion of like dramas. Where it's just like no one talks about that movie. It was a failure. How many million? Yeah. A hundred. Uh, and that's out. that's uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, then that means it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it, it make, make more or less than American, American Made? Made? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than American Made at the box office for a bonus point. Love those bonus points. You can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yep. All right. Your first film is The Tourist. One of the big box office flops yeah, of all time, or at least of the century, I as we spoke of. Less. I still think less. Uh, you think The Tourist made less? Yeah. I, I don't think it's made much, though. The Tourist actually made more. Okay, so you threw it. Okay, that's interesting. Well, a little, little, little curveball with the flop there. Uh, the Tourist, despite being uh, notorious and part of our Well, bracket. I mean, I knew it made like 60-something, but I just assumed that uh, American Made also made runs. Okay, go ahead. I, oh, what year? What year for The Tourist? Is that 2010? Yes, yeah. it is. So that's one point, the crucial first point. Still very much alive in this game as you talk about your second film, Another of the great flops of the century went a little deeper in the tournament. Fantastic Four. Oh, the remake. The remake. Yes. The yes, indeed. Um, less. Now that one was also more. I don't know what American <laughs> made, made, made. That made fifty-six. Or so. That didn't make over sixty. That didn't make over sixty. Fantastic Four. Yeah, I don't think so. That didn't make over sixty. Two thousand fifteen. That is correct as well. So that's two points. You need one more to bring this home. Uh, your final film. Uh, in fact, not one of the great flops of all time. Uh, just quite a good movie that I like a lot. 310 to Yuma. Less. That was also more, amazingly. Mm, I, just, I pictured 48 in my head for that one. Um... All right, 2007. That's it. I got all the years. You got you got all the years, and that's good none, enough for a none win. None of the uh, numbers. Three points is three points, and so well done to you. I, uh, yeah, I got uh, I got you with that flop trick, and then three ten to Yuma. Who knew? Did pretty good, and also I was knew. Like, right. I just didn't know that. I thought really thought it was forty eight, which still would have been good. For yeah, the movie. No, a little more, a little more than that. I come and gone from a theater near you, Brian. Are you ready to go back in yes. time? To 2009. Are uh -huh. you ready for 2009? You didn't let me say 2009. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. 2009. Yeah. I, birthday weekend for me. August 14th What did 16th. we see on your birthday? I... Maybe <laughs> any, this? Any of the... Uh, maybe this. Yeah, listen, there's one... District 9? It is District 9. Okay. Just uh, <laughs> slam that one down on the table. Was right it its away. opening weekend? Yes. Opening weekend for District 9. Oh, God. 30. I want to get this right on point. 37? Correct. 37.3. Yeah, baby. Good Lord. That's got that's got to be one of your great showings in uh, Come and Gone from a Theater Near You. I remember just, when that came out. Just right out the gate. Me too? Who knew? This uh, this weird sci-fi movie. Was... They just started talking about it. Like, sh Char what's his name? Charlotte Copley. Yeah, he's in Beast, right? Okay. So they asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, I've actually been talking to Neil, and we're we're he, we're we're writing the second one." Don't 
<laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's come and gone from a theater and from our lives. Well, listen, Neil's career didn't really pan out like he no, hoped. No, it did not. So we're going back to the well. Don't don't ruin the well. It won't we're ruin all... the movie. It's it will it won't ruin the movie. No, that is an exaggeration. It will affect they won't make the aliens girls. They'll still be boy aliens. <laughs> they might. <laughs> if Leslie Jones plays one of the aliens, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> I'm going to post so many times on Reddit about it. I uh, Now, District 9 is great, though. Nominated yeah. for Best Picture. Best Picture. Of course. That, and uh, screenplay, adapted screenplay, maybe? But yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. Cool movie. Then he made Elysium. 2009. So that was the first year of the expanded... Best yeah. picture categories, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So people were like, District 9 got in, and um, Up got in, and A Serious Man got in. Like, these, like, movies that you wouldn't think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is one more movie that I'd like to have you guys hear. It opened in the number three spot. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a traditional romance, a grand romance. It's a grand romance? Yes, I presume. Have not seen it myself. No, give me a clue. Nor have I read it. I All right, it could be uh, it could be a little misleading to say it's a traditional romance. I uh, because there is something of a uh, fantastical element to it as well. Time Traveler's Wife? Yes. The fantastical element is that it stars just the Incredible Hulk. Just became a uh a show that got canceled. That's right. I think that's. Uh, I think I knew that. Yeah, Rose Leslie and Theo James. Yeah. Um, Fourteen. I a little under eighteen point six. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. In today's terms, that would be fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> Where you go? Wow, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Back then, you're like, wow, eighteen. Yeah, Eric Bana still pulling in fourteen. Rachel McAdams was the the the. Wife. Indeed. Yeah. The, good pairing. Mm-hmm. I I also want to shout out Ponyo Ponyo I don't Ponyo. recall Ponyo I opened uh, not uh, not open wide excuse me at uh, nine hundred theaters uh, three million dollars in ninth place what was it per theater I uh, three point eight uh, great little movie Goldfish wants to be a girl loves ham mm-hmm. like that's okay. yeah it's a big part of it she loves ham sure uh, it's really cool I think you'd dig it cool. All right, that's all I got. Recommend a movie. All right, uh, I'm going, uh, and I imagine you are too, unless you're reaching into the future. But I'm going with fall here. Yeah, uh, I'll say fall. All right, uh, you know just what? just because I liked it more than body spice. Body. Sure, it's a great time to be uh, to be someone that likes just like pretty good genre movies. Yeah, really fun B movie. Yeah, just be- see in the theater. It'll make your knees feel weird. It it is it is if nothing else incredibly effectively tall like you you, you watch that, that movie that and you tall. go jesus god in heaven yeah they're, they're very so high, high up yeah. and it makes me uncomfortable they really and like that's it. a win and it's really i really appreciated that it cost three million dollars and they spent it all on making it seem up yeah like the birds look the vultures look like shit at the end <laughs> you know yeah that whole close up and like no no you know but uh God damn, do they look up? <laughs> they sure do. Um, it, Fuck you, Leo. It looks uh, it looks real great. 
Uh, Leo. Yeah, he said don't, but they look up. Oh, I see. Um, Is that not a timely reference? You want to say timely? I was thinking, I was like, did you mean George Clooney? Oh, God. Yeah. I meant Ed Asner. Well, fall isn't playing in many theaters, so you really got to get to it. Um, That's true, and it's probably going to go down. Almost certainly will. Plug us up. You can find us at whatsinthebox.office.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I'm on Twitter at Noah Drew. I'm at Brian DeSerber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. Uh, we might be in the theaters this week. Who knows? Nothing else is. Uh, no, we won't be. We'll be away. No. And of course, many things are. There's always something to see. Uh, I'm I, I'm playing the role of the boob. Yes. In this conversation, I don't know as is so often the case. We may have an episode next week. I don't know. We're we're busy next week, so we, we are. might have one. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if anything pops up on the chart, or if if Top Gun's number one again, or if it crosses another. Thing. If Top Gun's number one again, <laughs> emergency pod. Uh, <laughs> on location. <laughs> exactly. Um. But uh, either way, there's always something to see. Please take a chance. Go see a movie that you wouldn't normally or that just sounds interesting to you. Um, as as Abba once great. sang, take a chance on Beast. Yes. Although, I, yeah, well, we haven't seen Beast. But, um, yeah, sure. Why not? It's, it's a big <laughs> lion Take a chance movie. anyway. Maybe he it's punches bad. punches a lion. It's an hour and a half of your time. Yeah. Um, all right. That's it. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. Uh, we'll see you next week or maybe not. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.